Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 118 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again in my own highly biased opinion I think I have a fabulous show lined up for you today. In a short while I'll be sharing with you uh, this week's interview with my guest Daniel Brown. Um, then I'm going to be speaking about a topic uh, that's very close to my heart whereby I think that many hypnotherapists need to be asserting themselves effectively and, and, and have the right to assert themselves and they have the right to to be respected by leading uh, uh, hypnotherapy peers. Um, I'm, I'm, we're then going to return with our professional discussion with my guest Daniel Brown. We'll be talking about his work with the LGBT affirmative community and um, we'll round things off with this week's hypnosis evidence-based factoid before I bid you farewell for another week. And uh, as I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encourage a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in the pub, and all of whom following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted in the episode notes section at iTunes and on each episode's page on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. You can add your thoughts, comments and make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do go give us a favourable rating, even a review at iTunes. Um, I'll be your BFF if you do. And it takes just a few seconds, just a couple of clicks to give us a, a favourable rating. And it does us so much good. Um, so first of all today is this week's interview with Daniel Brown. Um, Daniel's going to be a speaker at the UK Hypnosis Convention later this year and um, and, and, and so I, I've been in contact with him a, a bit already and, and 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 it just kind of made sense for me to, to invite him onto the show and I really wanted to have him come and be a guest on the show because he's doing some brilliant work out there in the field not just in terms of his work in the therapy room but you know he's been winning awards and is contributing majorly to the LGBT affirmative community as well as his, his actual local community in a wide number of ways and him and I are going to be talking about um, um, LGBT uh, affirmative specific issues later in the show but for now let's get to know him a bit better let's get on with it shall we uh, get comfy my friends turn up the volume sip on your tea enjoy this week's interview <music> So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome the one and only Daniel Brown to the Hypnosis Weekly podcast. Daniel, welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Hello, thank you for having me. 
So, so t tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, um, tell us, you know, how you got into the field, uh, what your background is, and how you've arrived at where you are now. So, I, I always say, but I, I kind of fell into hypnosis, really. Um, so, I, I wanted to be a counsellor. Um, so I enrolled on a, on a course to become a counsellor uh, or a psychotherapist and there was a hypnotherapy qualification um, as part of that and I thought I'll give it a go see what it's like um, I'd seen stuff on television didn't really think that much of hypnosis but I thought do you know what Let, let's give it a go it might be interesting um, so I did that and from the first class I was actually hooked on hypnotherapy once I realised uh, how powerful it is, what it can do for people and from that first session I thought actually I think this might be for me, this might be the career at the end of it all um, and it turns out that it was so three years later um, I got all my, my qualifications, the hypnotherapy, the counselling and psychotherapy um, and, and it was indeed the hypnosis that I, I went with and, and here I am ten years later. Um, yeah. So before I became a therapist, um, my background were, was quite varied. I worked in retail, worked in a hairdresser's, done telephone market research. Um, but right before I became a therapist, I was working in mental health care, um, particularly with people with schizophrenia, right. um, helping to, um, I guess, rehabilitate themselves once leaving hospital and yeah. getting their lives back. And the part of the role that I really enjoyed was the utili utilization of, of therapeutic skills and that kind of set me on the, the path to becoming a therapist really right right great great i mean some 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 major major related uh background as far as that's concerned let's just let's, let's just see where you're at as far as hypnosis is concerned you know do, do, do you do you define hypnosis in a particular way um, um uh, uh, do you explain hypnosis to your clients in a particular way do you explain it to people in a particular way when you get sort of cornered in the kitchen at parties so to speak you know where, where are you at tell us tell us where you're at and, and how you explain it and and define hypnosis if you do so i always try to explain it in a, in a very basic way i think it it, it would be very easy to talk about all the theory behind it and you know it would go really in depth but i, I just try and explain it in a, in a basic way that people understand and, and get quickly um so they're not over by overwhelmed by all the, the detail um so i say um it's a, it's a state of increased focus um and concentrated attention um that hypnosis works with the subconscious rather than con the conscious and just explain that in a, in a very basic way um and just let clients in particular know that they'll be aware, they'll be in control at all times. At the end, they'll feel fantastic, relaxed at the end of a session. Um, but I find that a lot of the time, particularly when I get cornered at, at parties or when I meet someone new and tell them what I do, um, is kind of dispelling the myths, I guess. You know, the, the amount of yeah. times I've been asked, to look, do I have to look into your eyes and that kind of thing? <laughs> um, you know, if I, if I had a pound for each time, I'd be very rich, I think. Um, so there's a lot of that as well, explaining what it what it's not as well as what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great. Tell me, tell me about some of your some of your influences. Um, um, some of the some of the people that have influenced you. Some of the books. Some of the authors, perhaps. Perhaps even some of the some of the teachers that have been most influential upon you, your work, and and, and even some of the reasons why. So I, I think probably the biggest influence on me, thinking, thinking about my whole career as a, as a therapist, is my hypnotherapy tutor, um, and he's called Rob Cross. Um, 
And in that first class, he really brought um, hypnosis to life for me and helped me to see how beneficial it is for people. Um, and I, I learned an awful lot from him. He was a good tutor, but a fantastic therapist as well. So I think he's probably um, the, the biggest influence that I've had. And um, a, a couple of years ago, I actually took over um, his his hypnotherapy classes and now teach the, the classes that he did. So, you know, that's a, a kind of an honor, honor for me, really. Um, I think my counseling tutor also, um, Zena Millwood, she she was an inspiration um, to me as well. She obviously taught me how to how to be a counsellor um, but helped me to learn a lot about myself and I think throughout my therapy training I think what I learned about myself was the most beneficial thing um, and I think without those two people those two tutors I probably wouldn't be where I am today I think. Um, beyond that I try not to be too influenced by other hypnotherapists um, I might take an interest in their work but I try and have my own path and not be taken in too much by whatever say or what they do um, but yeah. one person I am quite interested in is um, Carl Smith's work um, I like people who are quite real quite direct and I find that he comes across in that way um, and yeah I like people like that yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so within your work, within your work, um, you know, th throughout this last decade, um, um, you know, you, you've been seeing people, working with people, um, um, and, and developing within your own career. Tell me, tell me, what's been one of the most or one of the more impressive applications of hypnosis that you've directly witnessed? Um, I think something that always sticks in my mind is when I go back to my training um, and I. Uh, did hypnosis with one of my classmates um, and at the end she didn't come out of the hypnosis it took about half an hour until she did and when she came around um, she said that she'd had an out-of-body experience gone back to her home in Africa um, and it was it'd been so powerful for her and for me that was you know fan fantastic to to have witnessed that to have experienced that with her and that's when i thought do you know what hypnosis is a is a really powerful positive thing for people actually yeah. that's always stuck with me yeah 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 um, um and, and if we could go back then to when you started out you know when you were starting out all those years ago um um as as a hypnotherapist as a hypnosis professional knowing knowing the stuff that you know now um um, and, 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 and experienced over the past decade. Um, is there anything that you'd do differently? Um, and if so, what? And is there any, any advice that the person you are today would give that, that younger you that you'd extend to, to our listeners and hypnotherapists of today? So, I mean, thinking about it, I'm, I'm not sure if I would do anything differently because I, I very strongly believe that the, the past has happened and it's got to be left there. We, we can't go back. We've got to live in the present. So and we can only learn from the past. So I think from that perspective, I probably wouldn't do anything differently because it's all led me to where I am today. And I'm quite happy with where I am today. Um, but I think if I could offer myself some advice, um, I'd probably tell myself to chill out a bit and everything will turn out okay. Um, and I think in terms of offering advice to um, other hypnotherapists, I'd say blaze your own trail. I think it's very easy to get caught up in what other people are doing um, and thinking that you need to be like other people, but actually yeah. you need to be yourself and, and have your own path. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I think, I'm guessing that people listening 
would probably find it difficult to believe that that you needed to chill uh, at some point because you 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 seem very relaxed and very chilled uh, in your demeanor and so on is that something that you've had to work on um yeah i i think so but i think going through the the process of um training to be a therapist and everything i learned about myself helped me to become the the person i am today and um i think you're right i'm i'm quite a chilled out person and all of my friends say i'm the most relaxed chilled out person um but it, it wasn't always that way but i think right. as i say becoming a, a therapist helped me to learn a lot about myself and and work to become the person i am today yeah 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 great great that's lovely to hear so um we're going to we're going to be speaking um um in a bit more detail about a specialist a specialist area of expertise of yours um, in a short while. For now, um, where can people go to learn more about you, your work, your approach, and so on? Uh, so my website is www.daniel-brown.co.uk. Um, you can find everything about me there. Um, if you search Daniel Brown Hypnotherapist on Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, you'll find me on there too. And it's brown with an E. Uh, uh, for people, uh, for people that are, that are currently googling while they're listening to this recording, um, um, we will be back with Daniel Brown in a few minutes' time. Stay tuned. I enjoyed that. Uh, more from Daniel shortly. Um, so next week, our usual hypnosis in the news section will return. Um, um, for those of you that are, that are fans of that section, um, I'm, I'm just going to I want to talk about a subject that is very close to my heart um, 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 today. Um, um, as my current set of hypnotherapy students, uh, uh, diploma students will attest, um, um, a recent module included me teaching and talking about assertiveness training for our clients, which is a wonderful therapeutic aid for clients with social anxiety, as well as uh, you know many other applications. Um, and it got me thinking majorly on a number of topics, um, um, in particular some of the behaviours and attitudes that are on display within the hypnotherapy field. Um, in, in my classroom, I talk about developing a healthy level of assertiveness. You know, we have submissiveness at one end of the spectrum and then domineering at the other end. Um, 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 you know, both, both being overly submissive, overly domineering are equally unassertive. You know, healthy assertiveness is in the middle. It's a balanced level of assertiveness. And we talk about asking clients to develop their own bill of rights, so to speak. So, for, for example, um, um, Fritz Perl's quaint gestalt therapy prayer can be particularly relevant to this kind of interpersonal uh, uh, problems that, that people face when they're learning more assertive attitudes. And for those of you that don't know, um, it's worth me repeating it here because it's very lovely. I do my thing and you do your thing. I am not in this world to live up to your expectations and you are not in this world to live up to mine. You are you and I am I. And if by chance we find each other, it's beautiful. If not, it can't be helped. And um, yeah, so that, that's from the late 60s, Fritz Perls. Um, um, and, and as assertiveness training developed, it became increasingly common to emphasise the concept of specific rights as a way of enhancing healthy assertiveness. 
And, and we substitute the expression Declaration of Rights for a Bill of Rights uh, found in the assertiveness literature. As it happens, some of the, the hypothetical declarations are not so far removed from the rights contained in the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights back in, the, uh, back in 1948. Um, and, and an example declaration of one's personal rights, you know, I have the right to, to hold my own opinions and make my own decisions, and so do you. I have the right to speak my mind and express my feelings without harming anyone, and so do you. I have the right to say no when I object to something, and so do you. I have the right to make mistakes and learn from them, and so do you. I have the right to be assertive, and so do you. I have the right to express my disagreement, and so do you. I have the right to live my own life, and so do you. I have the right to be treated with respect. And so do you. I have the right to change my mind about things. And so do you. So, you know, clients can be encouraged to review such a declaration and make changes periodically before then, you know, perhaps reading it aloud while, while even imagining a recent violation to their assertiveness, for example. If we look at the, the spectrum of assertiveness, we can... We can also draw some parallels, and this is what I was doing in my mind. I was drawing some parallels to hypnotherapists who are quite submissive at one end, and certainly submissive in response to some domineering trainers and so-called authorities from within the field of hypnosis. And one of the reasons that I tend to be unpopular um, in some corners of the hypnotherapy field is that I do assert myself in terms of some of the rights I mentioned earlier. You know, I have the right to be assertive. I have the right to speak my mind and express my feelings without harming anyone. I have the right to express a disagreement. And also I have the right to be treated with respect. You know, it is your right to be able to ask questions of developers about their hypnotherapy protocols or trainers about the topics they're teaching. You know, it's your right to be able to ask about the evidence base for what it is they're promoting. It is your right to ask some seemingly difficult questions as you seek to understand and develop and, and you know, and, and advance your own level of understanding and, 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 and education. You know, it's, it's your right to have all of those questions respected and to be treated with respect. Because let's be honest, you know, let's be honest here. When you ask difficult questions of some of the best known trainers and creators of protocols, your rights, as I've outlined here already, they're not always taken on board and often they're not respected in the way in which I'm, I'm suggesting. It's, it's not just more you know, it's not just that the, the more submissive frontline hypnotherapists either. You know, each week I get a, a snipe or two from what or, or or some of what I consider to be, you know, ill-conceived comments, um, 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 you know, protesting about me seeking empirical evidence and quality validation for the hypnotherapy field. I don't just ask individuals these difficult questions. I also ask hypnotherapy organisations, associations, and this entire field some difficult questions sometimes. It's my right to do so, to assert myself, to disagree and to be respected in return. A couple of weeks ago, for example, a well-known trainer and hypnotherapist um, stated in a Facebook group that those of us seeking such evidence need to get over themselves, their words, and that, that we were banging on. And, and the post was accompanied by several other swipes that were no more than, than guessing about the motivations of people such as myself seeking this kind of validation. 
Um, there were numerous other, you know, glaring errors and problems in this particular post. And, 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 and you know, plenty of sycophantic comments of agreement ensued, whereby, you know, I got the feeling that no real thinking seems to have been engaged in. Um, I mean, it was kind of blind agreement um, and because of who it was that was making these, you know, making these these suggestions. And, you know, my own work, I, I'm hoping those of you that have explored it are aware, you know, it, it's, it's exponentially more than simply seeking evidence and validation. Though, you know, I do engage in research because, you know, <clears throat> I want that evidence and validation. Yet, yet it seems to be the thing that many people in this field want to jump on the most and it ruffles so many feathers for some reason. I just don't get it. Surely being healthily scrutinised and being open to questions will advance what you do. Whereas getting defensive and refusing to healthily engage with constructive criticism will not permit that progression. Anyway, um, I, I don't want to get too sidetracked. You know, um, um, you can go and watch um, 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 videos where, I, where I've spoken about this before. And I've spoken in previous episodes of this podcast before about hypnotherapists and trainers needing to take on board criticism. Anyway, so, so you know, it, it's my right to ask questions about the proven efficacy and evidence base supporting protocols or approaches that have been created and that flood our professional field. It's my right as a member of this professional field to disagree with the stances of, of, of fellow professionals and trainers. You know, as long as I'm doing no harm, it's my right to seek empirical validation as a means of advancing my professional field. And, you know, it's my right to be able to healthily assert myself accordingly. And it's my right to expect others to respect that. So, you know, for decades, we've had great people doing amazing research with findings that can be utilised to advance the credibility of our field. Despite this, you know, years on, hypnotherapists on the Internet still make cheap, vapid comments and snide remarks, um, seeking and potentially creating this kind of anti-intellectual populism and this nails us into the dark recesses it keeps us in the dark ages and I go on about that enough you know in 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 other episodes and 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 uh, you know on my YouTube channel and so on but just because someone is popular and well known it does not make them immune to healthy questions it does not mean that you should turn submissive in response to them being domineering it doesn't mean that they get to be domineering or get to be unquestionable as a result um, uh, I saw a tweet that really struck a chord with me um, um, a couple of weeks back by a man called James Melville, um, um, who wrote on Twitter, I'll quote him. Why do people who do not know what they are talking about refuse to listen to people who do know what they are talking about? Now, he was writing about the warnings given by business in the UK about a no deal Brexit. However, I, I find that the biggest domineering forces... Um, within the hypnotherapy field are those who refuse to acknowledge and respect the rights of others in the hypnotherapy fields, um, 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 often those who are anti-science or those who get defensive if, if asked about evidence base or who get defensive if someone asks good questions about what they see and what they teach. They're often those who believe they know better than those who are actually far better qualified, to be honest. As, as hypnotherapists, you know, assert yourself effectively and healthily. Ask the questions. Demand the respect that you deserve. Don't let anyone on a pedestal be domineering to you. If your right to express yourself is not respected, 
don't argue necessarily because some of these people are not for shifting very often, which is a great shame. Move your attention elsewhere. Learn from others. Let them wither. As a field, we've got to demand more from those at the top of this profession. Those you know, who have the loudest voices, those who have the most pronounced marketing messages, those with the most forthright opinions, those who sneer at anyone who challenges them, those who put down others and insult, you know, even when in seeming jest. You know, there is a seemingly crazy attitude that massively lacks respect. Um, um, so, you know, stand up for your rights when it comes to your own education, you know, when it comes to your own professional development um, and the development of this field. Um, um, and it's, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's something that I wanted to say. Um, 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 next up, we have this week's professional discussion. And I welcome back Daniel Brown. And we're talking all things LGBT affirmative and um, as gets discussed later on. The number of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual or pansexual, you know, you know, uh, people. It's, it's inversely proportionate to the number of hypnotherapists who have the right level of expertise in these areas. And, and Daniel is currently a leading voice um, um, addressing this. And, and it's, it's one of the things that comes up in our discussion. So um, here is this week's professional discussion with Daniel Brown. Enjoy. So I'm rejoined um, by this week's guest, Daniel Brown. And um, this week we're going to be talking uh, all things LGBT plus affirmative um, um, um as far as um, um D- daniel's approach is concerned you know within um within daniel's daniel D- daniel's emails he has this and, and if you go have a look at his website he has this list of accolades uh that he's won for for, for major contributions um, um, with his work um but also in terms of the work that he's done for 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 pride and um and 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 championing awards at, at prides in, in in his locality as well as further afield um and so i really wanted us to to, to kind of explore that and have a little bit of a uh sort of a sort of examination of, of of things that the rest of us could really use and develop as far as our our knowledge our understanding is concerned and the way in which we apply our skills and so on um daniel welcome back first of all um, um tell me a little bit about how your interest developed in this area um, um and, and 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 how it came to be really um so it's probably about 10 years ago my my interest in this area started to to develop um i mean <sighs> I got involved with uh, my local council's um, LGBT plus youth group um, as a volunteer. Um, I thought it might be a quite nice thing to do. It was a group I probably would have benefited from when I when I was younger. Um, and so working with um, LGBT plus young people um, and hearing their stories, their life experiences really kind of awoke something in, inside me and, and fired me up to um you know do do more to support the lgbt plus community and um, so that that's where it all started and uh from there i guess it's kind of you know snowballed and become this big thing that i do to today yeah 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 and and 
you know, t t tell me a little bit then, um, um, when we're talking about your work, you, you know, you, 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 specialize, you specialize in, in this area to the extent whereby I'm guessing that that, that involves you working with, um, working with the, the, the LGBT plus affirmative community a great deal um, um, within your therapy rooms, one-to-one uh, -one work, but also giving talks and presentations. What, what, what actually, what actually does, does it comprise of your work and your contribution to this, to this area? So with my therapeutic work, I, I do specialise in, in working with LGBT um, plus people. Um, so a number of, of people from that community locally come and, and see me for, for hypnotherapy for whatever their issue may be. Um, but also I do LGBT plus um, awareness training with uh, businesses, with community groups, charities, um, and I've trained several hundred people so far um, in being LGBT plus um, aware. Um, aside from my therapeutic work, I'm also chair of trustees of a, of a charity called Warwickshire Pride. It's an LGBT plus charity. Yeah. So we have um, an annual Pride Festival in our local town, Leamington Spa, um, every year. Um, but also we have a range of services um, to support the community. So we have an LGBT plus youth group. Um, we have a transgender support group. Um, another group for LGBT people with um, learning disabilities um, and all sorts of services for the, for the community. And so with regards to um, um, with regards to, to, to working one to one um, um, with 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 LGBT plus uh, uh, clients within your therapy room, um, um, is there a is there is it ultimately the same issues that that, that you would be working with? Um, 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 and then you're having to, to kind of tweak your skills with some kind of special consideration um, um, in any way, or, or is it that there is a, a specific set of issues that are exclusive to, to, to that community and to that type of client that require a kind of specialist um, approach and so on? Tell me a little bit more about that within your one-to-one -one work. Yeah, so I mean, for, first of all, I'll, I'll go through the, the acronym LGBT um, plus. So we're talking about lesbian, gay, bisexual um, and trans people. And then the plus covers many other sexual and, and gender identities. So it could be asexual, intersex, pansexual and, and many other identities. Yeah. Um, and when we're being LGBT plus affirmative, it's about being more than accepting of LGBT plus people. Um, you know, it's great to say that you're OK working with that community, but being truly LGBT plus affirmative goes beyond that. It's about having an awareness or an understanding of the specific issues and barriers that LGBT plus people face. Right. Um, and part of breaking those barriers down in order to help reduce the issues that that community um, are facing. Um, so, for example, many LGBT plus people be quite wary of going to see a therapist because they don't know if the therapist will be accepting of them or understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, and I'm aware of LGBT plus people who have been to see therapists that have been quite dismissive of their issues or not particularly accepting of their identity. Um, and that in itself it is quite damaging and only fuels that feeling of isolation, um, helplessness that, that many LGBT plus people face. So it's about understanding some of the specific issues. So, yes, they may have um, anxiety or depression or stress, but it may be as a result of not being accepted for their sexuality or their gender identity. Um, they may not be accepted by their family. They may be um 
bullying issues stemming from their school days that are specific to their sexuality or their gender identity. So it's about understanding that and, and having an awareness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, I mean, I think you've, you kind of started started answering my next question was, was, was really, you know, whether there was a philosophy, a specific philosophy that kind of underpinned your approach. Um, I think... I think it's just being about truly, um, you know, truly accepting and understanding of, of everyone's identity and, and their lived experience, um, you know, really believing and taking on board everything that, that they're saying um, and making sure that I do all I can to, to understand where they're coming from. And so do you think that's what, 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 what some of the key features or some of the, some of the sort of key differences of, of your approach working with working with the LGBT plus um, 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 individuals, um, what, what, where the differences between what you do and, and, and other hypnotherapists with, without that awareness, um, um, that, that, that's, that's a kind of key, key difference within your work is, is that acceptance, that, that sort of knowledge and, and that understanding yeah, absolutely. Knowledge and, and understanding is a big part of it. Um, and, you know, I I don't know it all. I may not still know it all, but I've, working with that community, I've made sure that I've done further training in that area. So, you know, I, I'm a gay man and I can kind of relate to other gay men, but um, I work with many transgender people. So I've made sure that I've gone on training um, to make sure I understand issues and um, experiences that are very specific to the trans community. Um, so it's definitely about making sure you have an awareness um, and an, an understanding. It's got to go beyond acceptance and being okay working with that community. So, so the, the, the change in the, the kind of advancement of your skills and, and the development of, of your work has come and, and you've drawn upon other training and additional training um, um, rather than kind of kind of altering or affecting your hypnotherapy skills? Yeah, I mean, my 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 hypnotherapy skills are the, the same, I would say. It's been more about developing my understanding and, and my own awareness. Right, sure, sure, sure. And, and that's been something that's been, that's been uh, fairly easy to, to access and, and develop? Yeah, that, that has, it's been, it's been quite easy to do that. Um, I mean, there are a number of um, different uh, training courses out there and various providers. Um, I'm going to name check, check Pink Therapy for, for um, their training. They're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and it's now something that I offer myself, having done various training courses myself and worked with this community for a number of years. Um, it's now something that, that I offer also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I completely understand that, that, that idea. And um, I think you know, I, 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 I'm very much inclined um, on occasions where there is where there is a very specific issue, not just whether it's a, an LGBT plus related issue or, or any kind of issue where I don't have or I don't feel that my understanding or my knowledge or my life experience extends broadly enough um, that, that, that I'm going to be able to to really, really give that person the kind of service or the kind of uh, a benefit that, that, that I would want for them you know that, that, that it makes a huge amount of sense to, to to be to be forwarding clients on or recommending them to people that do have that that, that, that kind of uh, uh, specialist knowledge and specialist information to ensure you know I, I'm the same with a wide range of other 
sort of, uh, related related types of issues um, um, that, that, that I just feel that perhaps I don't have adequate training or understanding or development in um, in order to to feel that I'm really doing my job in, in, in a fully satisfactory manner. Um, um, do you think that um, do you think that's important? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it, it would be the, the ethical thing to do, you know, it, and I've had occasions myself where um, a potential client has got in touch and I haven't felt I'm quite, quite the right person for them. Perhaps I don't have enough um, knowledge or experience in that area. So I've said, I can't see you, but I know this fantastic therapist who you can work with. And I think you've always got to, got to work in a way that's best for, for the client and uh you know just be honest uh, with yourself um and with with the client if you're if you feel that you're not the right person for them um and and make that referral refer them on um it's you know it's the ethical thing to to do something that we should all be doing i think and i i'm interested you know it, it, is it getting better out there as far as these the, the therapeutic options for this for this community are are, are concerned you know in the last 10 years that you've been working in this field have you have you seen this 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 develop have you seen developments within the field is it getting better is there are there more options and more specialist um and facilities and and, and options out there for lgbt plus uh, clients um yeah i i think so um i mean probably more with counselling than hypnotherapy um right. there are now many many counselling services and uh specialist lgbt plus counselling organizations out there um so that's really had great strides forwards um in in the last 10 years or so um i'd say hypnotherapy is probably a, a little bit behind um at the moment but again we're starting to to see some progress there are other um, hypnotherapists who are lgbt plus affirmative and, and doing some fantastic work so it, it, things are starting to move in the right direction i think yeah 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 and and w w with that in mind is there is there you know do, do you have an idea of of a direction with regards to what you're doing do you have a vision at the moment is is there a future direction for with regards to what you are doing currently um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to keep on flying the flag, really, for, for being LGBT affirmative and, and talk to as many other therapists and, and people in general about it. Um, and I hope that moving forwards, um, all the various you know training courses, training people to be hypnotherapists will include something um, about working with uh, clients from diverse communities, um, whether that be LGBT plus or um, I don't know people from different religions, uh, people of colour, for example, um, just to give a bit of a bit of training on working with people from uh, diverse communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do you think um, that there's a that, that there's a case to be made for for sort of it, uh, uh, incorporating some of that sort of diversity training within? Uh, within the sort of foundational hypnotherapy training? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, we're seeing more and more people um, identifying as LGBT plus, um, but also more and more LGBT plus people um, seeking out uh, therapy um, for help working through their issues, their problems. Um, so I think it would definitely be helpful for as many training courses as, as possible to, to incorporate uh, diversity or working with diverse clients as part of it. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. It's really uh, given me a huge amount of food for thought. Um, um, so, so people that are looking to to to, to potentially that, that that this has piqued their interest. Um, um, I'm just so anybody tuning in, listening. Uh, Daniel is going to be one of the speakers at this year's UKHC, that the, the the UK Hypnosis Convention. Uh, I'm going to be going and sitting in on that presentation. Going to be really interested to um, to, to listen to what Daniel has to say. Um, um, and so people that are looking to to, to learn more about it that, that have had their interest piqued, Daniel, it's uh, Daniel Hyphen Brown. .co.uk, Brown with an E, is that correct? That's the one, yeah. And they can track you down on Facebook and Twitter and those areas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, search Daniel Brown, hypnotherapist, you'll find me on, on all of those platforms. Great, great, great. Daniel, thank you so much for coming and, uh, and sharing and being part of the Hypnosis Weekly podcast. Thank you. I enjoyed that. Uh, there's a link to Daniel's uh, website over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website and at the episode notes, uh, on the episode notes rather, uh, at, at iTunes. And um, finally this week, we have the evidence-based hypnosis factoid of the week. And the fact is this, um, um, it's simple and easy to manipulate past life identity using hypnosis and suggestion. That is that the role of suggestion in the formation of past life memories during hypnosis is crucial. So this is referring to and relating to a study conducted by um, Young Don Pyong uh, back in 2015 entitled Creating Past Life Identity in Hypnotic Regression. So to examine the role of hypnotic suggestion in identity in past life regression, two experiments were conducted at the request of Korea's major national television companies um, um, and and. A real uh, historical person and a fictional character were selected as past life identities. So after the hypnotic induction, um, a past life regression suggestion was given. And while counting backwards to past life, the suggestion of a specific identity was interspersed three times. And in five of the six subjects in the study, the same past life identity that had been suggested was produced. Um, with relatively rich content accompanied by emotional and historical facts identical to the suggested identity. And this study found that it was quite simple and easy to manipulate past life identity. Uh, and the role of suggestion in the formation of past life memories is therefore considered, uh, you know, during hypnosis is considered to be crucial. I mean, it makes for some very interesting uh, uh, you know, thoughts as far as this is concerned. Um, and, you know, wherever you stand on past life uh, regression and, and those kind of approaches. Um, a link to the research paper is included on this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. If you follow me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, you can find masses of memes uh, relating to a variety of studies whereby hypnosis has been examined. Um, and that is it for uh, our for this week's 118th edition. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I do have many more exciting guests that I'll be welcoming to Hypnosis Weekly in coming editions. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating and above all remaining friends. Um, in the next episode, I'll be welcoming Nicola Shoebrook and we'll be talking all things weight loss and effective, healthy nutrition. 
uh, much more besides. Uh, all the references made then the discussions along with related links are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. Um, I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. Do please message me or add them on the website and I'll make sure that they get addressed, answered and explored accordingly. And again, please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, anywhere else. Really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again go to Daniel Brown. Uh, my thanks to you uh, for tuning in as you do. Uh, my name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, Goodbye for now.